Welcome in to the Double Team Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hart, and I'm joined across the table by one of my lifelong friends and my partner in this podcast, Matthew Ruiz. Matt, I've been wanting to do this for a good minute now. Uh, how does it feel to finally be sitting down and getting this ball rolling? Uh, it feels pretty exciting, honestly, to finally uh, talk about hot topic issues and finally get our opinions heard about our very up and down teams. What do you think, Colin? Absolutely. I'm on the same page. Um, I am a lifelong Cowboys fan. My man Matt over here is... I'm a, lof- I'm a long life uh, Bears fan. Yeah. Ups and downs. Yeah, and so uh, quite a bit of stuff happened this last year. Um, and we thought that kind of during the off season, looking into 2019, this would be a fun time to just kind of launch uh, this podcast. Yeah, you know, both our teams are have Super Bowl uh, aspirations. And I think... We each are have very uh, hot topic issues about where our direction of our team's going, and I think we just want to see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. And this podcast, um, just going to be a sports podcast where we just kind of discuss what's going on um, in the NFL, in the NBA, uh, in our teams. Uh, as we mentioned, Cowboys, Bears fan. Uh, for the NBA, I am a Kings fan. And I am a Raptors fan. Don't ask us how we like those teams. It just happened. Um, but yeah, now that we've kind of gotten the show rolling, let's go ahead and dive into some of the news for the NFL this week. And just a heads up, for this week, our news is going to be really solely focused on the NFL. We're going to be talking about the NBA in the playoffs probably in the upcoming week. Uh, but a lot happened in the NFL, so we're just really going to focus in on that and some of the news that happened there. Uh, first of which is the rule change that occurred in the NFL. Um, This happened because of the hits that Nikel Roby Coleman had on Saints wide receiver Traquan Smith. And this rule basically just states that pass interference, uh, both offensive and defensive, is going to be challengeable, um, whether there was a flag thrown or not. And I guess my question to you, Matt, kind of coming out of that rule is, what did this do for the NFL? Did it fix the problem? Did it make did it make things better? Did it make things worse? What What do you think? I think that this was a very uh, drastic rule change, in my opinion. I think that there's a very obvious call that should have been made. I think that a lot of what NFL is is a lot of contact sport, and that the officials did get it wrong. They should have called a flag, and maybe Saints should have gone to the Super Bowl, but... I don't think that changing a rule this drastic and just having it be able uh, replayable and challengeable is going to cure it at all, to be honest. I think it's going to drag on the games. I think it's going to make offense a lot easier. And I think that it's just going to start allowing coaches to come up with new ways to throw the ball downfield. And I just don't think that this is the way we should approach it. I mean... It was a tragic thing that happened in New Orleans, but I don't think it should define how we play the rest of football going on. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you for the most part. I think that what's happening here is you had a really bad call that kept the team out of the Super Bowl, and everyone just kind of lost their mind about it. And, I mean, I guess it's rightfully so. I guess they should have lost their mind about it. I just don't think that this rule change is the answer that the NFL needs. Games are already, especially in the regular season, called fairly tightly. 
you have these coaches that use the rules to their advantage, whether it be through pick plays, whether it be through just throwing the ball downfield and trying to get past interference anyways. And I think that all this rule is going to do is give those coaches an opportunity to throw the flag on really ticky-tack calls that probably shouldn't have been made and make them go to the booth and review it and see, oh, well, you know, did he put his pinky on him before he was supposed to? <laughs> did he not have his head fully turned around? And I just, I don't buy that. I don't think that that's good for the game. I think that the coaches are going to love it because it's going to allow them to manipulate the game more. But as a fan, I am, I am staunchly opposed to it. I mean, the only thing that's good about this is that the coaches only have a max of three flags in a game, given they do get the first two correct. I'm just, there's other things we could have done to get this better. I mean, I think the officiating has been getting better in the NFL. Of course, the first few weeks with all the roughing passers and uh, calls were really bad. But you see how a year went on, they stopped calling them, they start getting better. And I think that NFL needs less officiating and more just free playing, honestly. No one likes being told what to do. No one, of course, they need a stability and a structure. And that's how the NFL has been played for the past hundred years. And there's a reason why it's been the number one sport in America. There's a reason why players love playing it. And that's because it's a free sport and people love what they do. And I just feel that putting guidelines and structures around you can't do this and it's just going to make defense harder it's going to make players hate doing it and it's just going to start making the game less fun for everyone involved honestly and i'm just thinking about calls like what happened in the future or um, that are going to happen in the future as a result of you know that nikel roby coleman hit and i don't necessarily think that this is this is going to fix it um I, someone brought up a good point on another podcast I was listening to. I think it was GM Street by Michael Lombardi, um, who brought up that the Packers coach, Mike McCarthy, he threw two challenge flags on, like, five-yard passes in, like, the first quarter. And so this idea of, like, well, coaches are going to have to be smarter with their challenges now because, you know, they all still only have two challenges, but now they have this thing. Like, boo-boo. They're going to throw it the instant something happens, and it's going to make – the game ridiculous like the last thing i want to watch is the replay of like a four yard pass where a receiver was touched by a defender like that's the last thing i want to watch i mean i think coaches are going to be more uh practical using these flags i mean mike mccarthy there's a reason why he did get fired that's fair that's very but um i'm pretty sure that they're not going to call use one of their flags on a five yard out route five yard in route i think they're trying to go if coaches do use this it's going to be more on a deep post shot and what mainly people are thinking is hell marys because you know it's a bunch of guys in there trying to get the ball there's always pi in there and the thing that everyone wants to avoid is letting the ref like a bad call change the game and i think having this rule is going to change many games going to change the outcome of a lot of history in nfl as many people pointed out at the owners meeting they were showing videos one prominent video was how in the steelers Steeler Saints game, a certain uh, I don't I don't know which player, but a player got uh, held by uh, by this uh, Steeler player got held, and that would have changed the game. Would have made it first and goal, and probably Steelers win the game. Steelers are in the playoffs. Saints go to the two seed, and history could have been so much different. Who knows? Patriots don't reap. Patriots don't win the Super Bowl. Saints don't make it all the way to the championship round. I mean, little things. 
like that just changed the way our histories play and I just I don't agree with what they did it's an outrageous call one that won't happen again for a long time and it, this was an overreaction yeah I think we're on the same page as that and the bottom line is we're not going to know until the season starts so all we can do is hope that it works out in our favor um, moving on to our next piece of news, we have a trade. We actually have two trades that happened. Uh, the first trade um, is a trade from Matthew Sh- Chicago Bears. Ugh. Running back Jordan Howard was Ugh. traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for, for a conditional six-round pick that I think could turn into a fifth. A fifth-round pick. Me being a Bears fan, uh, before this year where Khalil Mack and our defense just bolstered up, um, we had some pretty rough years the past three years, and it's just really heartbreaking to see Jordan Howard get traded for practically nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Matt Nagy. I love what he's done in this offense. I love how he's transformed it. I love how he made Mitch Trubisky from a bust to a decent quarterback look. And don't get me wrong, I love our direction. It's just seeing Jordan Howard, he was my favorite player for the past three years, and just seeing him being traded... For nothing, I know we have like all the rumors in the preseason, during the season, trade deadline. It's just really heartbreaking for a Bears fan to see him just leave. Not even him get traded for practically a fifth, a sixth, or a sixth conditional uh, pick. And it's just really sad to see someone so talented go. Definitely. And I'm just thinking about this from the Eagles' perspective. You got a guy who... Even in a year where all I heard from the media, from football media, was Jordan Howard doesn't fit the offense, Jordan Howard's not a very good running back. I heard all these terrible things about Jordan Howard, and yet, you know, I went and looked at his stats, and he had close to 1,000 yards this year, not even being, like, the main back. Like, he was outsnapped by Tariq Cohen by a good amount. And so, to me, you're getting a really talented guy through the Eagles, for basically nothing, and I can tell you right now as a Cowboys fan, I'm irritated because the Cowboys, everyone needs a backup running back. Everyone needs a running back room. And to get a guy who's shown that he can be productive, even if he's not a pass catcher, even if he's not great in pass protection, he can run the ball. And to get a guy like that for a sixth-round pick, to me, it's just frustrating. I don't know why more teams wouldn't have been interested, you know? Who are you going to draft in the sixth round anyways? So Yeah, I mean... A little bit of me is happy for Jordan Howard. That's how much I liked him as a person, as a player. He um, he uh, he almost led the league in rushing his rookie year. Got beat out by Zeke. Did uh, fell down a little his second year. But I mean, both his years where he was the lead back at Chicago, he was just pushing the piles. I mean, they were stacking the box. Uh, what is it? We didn't have Jay Culler. Just couldn't throw. We didn't have receivers. So. All uh, trust me, I watched the games. It was eight man boxes, ten man boxes. I mean, they were selling it out, and he would still get four yards, three yards, breakout. And trust me, we didn't have the best old line back then. So hopefully, he uh, he may even make a Pro Bowl with uh, Philly's O line. Carson Wentz throwing the ball, not having to run in eight man boxes. It's gonna it's gonna be fun seeing him uh, unleashed again. Yeah, yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. They made a trade, too, for pass rusher Robert Quinn for a 2020 sixth-round pick. Um, As a Cowboys fan, I can tell you, when I found out that this trade happened, 
I took a huge, huge sigh of relief. Um, this Cowboys D-line was looking rough. And it still is looking rough. Let me be clear. We're not out of the woods yet. But Randy Gregory, who is Can't not a great player and cannot stay, stay off, off the weed. weed. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Like, bless his heart. He didn't play great last year, but he was at least there. Like, he did something. He had six sacks. Played most of the snaps on defense and was at least a warm body. And he got busted again, and he's probably not going to be back. Demarcus Lawrence has not signed his franchise tag again. Um, But honestly, we really needed pass rush. And to go out and get a guy who can at least, has at least shown that he can perform throughout his career for a six round pick. It lets me breathe easy so that even if like worst case scenario happens and... Um, Demarcus Lawrence gets traded or something just really drastic happens. We have a guy, a guy who could at least theoretically be a good pass rusher. Do you have any thoughts? On this I team? mean, every team needs some pass rush. And I know the Cowboys uh, D-Law was kind of carrying them with the pass rush. So seeing them get a proven pass rusher, even though his performance has been kind of down the past few years, most players always... Um, when getting traded, uh, a new culture shock would be good for him getting play in a big market such as the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe that will do good for his career. Honestly, I think a lot of people forget, man. Early in his career, he was insane. He had like 14 sacks his second year, was a first-team All-Pro. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought that this guy could be like the next big thing. And unfortunately, I think injuries and then just being on the Rams and having to move different schemes and then going to the Dolphins and no one does good when they go to the Dolphins. Let's just be honest. I mean, it's kind of hard to give it your best when you're on a subpar team. How much? Six and ten? Maybe. I might have been seven and nine. Seven and nine? Epitome of of subpar? I mean, it's kind of hard. And I think him uh, going to another uh, team, being the second best pass rusher there, I'm pretty sure he will have a comeback year. Not extremely like not comeback player of the year but i think he'll get eight sacks enough to make a uh dent yeah that's not that's not unreasonable to expect and for a sixth round pick um i will definitely take it and the last bit of news uh that we're gonna jump into is one that's kind of sad for me uh one of my favorite receivers when i started watching football uh jordy nelson has decided to hang it up um after one pretty forgettable year in oakland uh, he just decided after being let go by the team that this was it for him. Uh, so I want to ask you, Matt, Ugh. as a Bears fan that's had to watch Jordy many, many years, what are you going to think about Jordy uh, now that he's gone? What are, you, what are your memories going to be like of Jordy Nelson? Every time I think of Jordy Nelson, it's always the 2010 NFC Championship game where him and Rodgers and Cobb, just lit up the best def- one of the te- best defenses of the year and i mean i a very heavy very strong opinion about the packers really don't like them at all and uh, i mean no one i'm just glad he went out on his own terms felt uh, i felt bad when they traded him i'm pretty sure everyone on the packers organization felt bad for the trade of them i was ecstatic i was like one less receiver we have to worry about and I mean, him and the connection between him and Rodgers was, it was something special. I mean, there's so many statistics where they were the best uh, receiver, quarterback, 
connection in the NFL for when, uh, during their prime. I mean, they were pretty much unstoppable. He was speed burner, could run the post, slant, fade, go route. I mean, did everything on offensively that you would want a receiver to do. And I'm just, you know, would he be, would he be a top 10 receiver this decade? I don't know. I mean, put his career in retrospect, he probably won one Super Bowl and had a lot of very good receiving years. But it's pretty hard to stand out when you would go up against uh, players like Calvin, Julio, and even A.J. Green. But sad to see him go. At least he went on his own terms. But as a Bears fan, just glad he's not going up against us anymore. Honestly. I would say the one thing that really stood out to me whenever I watched Jordy Nelson play was just how well he did everything. There wasn't one thing that he was, you know, great at, I thought, or at least, like, elite at. You know, he didn't have the size and speed of a Julio Jones or just the hands of an Odell Beckham, but he was so good at everything. Yeah. He was a huge man. Like, people... I think people forget, like, Jordy Nelson was a big receiver. And, you know, the way that he could catch back shoulder fades, but then burn you deep, and his route running. I mean, he had a mind meld with Aaron Rodgers there for a couple years where, you know, it's late in the ball game, they're coming back to win the game, and I'm just watching Jordy, yeah. you know, Aaron to Jordy, Aaron to Jordy. And it's, it's it almost felt unfair a lot of the time. Something you just, everyone knows is going to number 82, but... 87, my bad. Everyone knows it's going to number 87, but no one can really guard it because you have number 12 rolling out the pocket, extending the play. And, I mean, you can't cover this guy for 30 seconds. And, I mean, it's just something that was pretty unguardable. Honestly. You think he's a Hall of Famer? I mean, he could squeeze in there for the weak class. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, I don't know too much about his numbers, but he's not... A transcended receiver. Yeah, I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. He's what? he should get it. I uh, see. I don't even know if he would get his his jersey hung. Do you think? Okay. Oh yeah. Do you think he would get jersey hung at Green Bay? Yeah, absolutely. He was he was one of the best receivers they've ever had for a, what three, four, five year stretch. Yeah. Okay. But it was like, a fall from. It was a pretty big fall from grace, and I think what is he like 30, 33 right now, and that's like. Yeah, like that's sad that he's already retiring and he can't play anymore. But he his prime year is absolutely he's he's getting in the ring of honor. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hall of Fame's so hard thing. Do you think of like just pure dominance? Like five years of pure dominance and then the rest average, or is it just longevity? Yeah. I, I he mean, was never the best receiver in the league, but he was very, very good and I think that he, you know, he deserves to be remembered as one of the best receivers of his era. Because um, he was very good. A d yeah, I guess. I mean, it is kind of hard when you had when you do have first ballot Hall of Famers like Julio, Calvin Johnson, and uh, maybe even AJ Green. I mean, you know, AJ Green does have Andy Dalton throwing to him, but AJ Green's still a monster. I don't know. It's just good to see where uh, what'll happen in the future with him. Honestly. All right, well, that's about it for all the news that's happened this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to something that we were really excited about and one of the ideas that we had when we were actually putting together this podcast. 
And that is just kind of talking about some of these NFL teams, where they are right now, kind of how they finished 2019, and where we think that they're going to go. So um, so this is our um, teams that we think are just a few pieces away from being title contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to get the ball rolling first? I mean, yeah. Um, so me as a Bears fan, um, one kick away from playing the Rams, and then who knows where that could have gone because we did have the Rams number. I think that with our um, another year under Matt Nagy, another year Mitch developing, another year of our defense coming together, I think we're gonna do better. I know a lot of people have us projected have us projected winning the NFC North. I hope we do win the NFC North. I'm not gonna be an ignorant fool that's just like, oh, we're gonna make it all the way. It's gonna be easy road because I do know the Packers got better. Lions gonna be the Lions, and then I mean. Maybe the Vikings get it together. When you say Lions are going to be the Lions, Lions. that's a negative thing, right? Yes, Lions okay, are going to be... Sure. Matt Patricia is probably not the coach they need, is what I'm trying to say right here. All right, good. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of upside, honestly. We still have the best defense in football. We didn't really, I mean, Adrian Amos will be missed. <laughs> but we still have the best defense in football. We have, we have the coach of the year. We and a lot of people forget this. Allen Robinson was injured a lot of the year, and I mean, I think the first half he was really injury ridden, and they were just trying to figure it out. And the last few games, when he was fully healthy, him and Mitch, it was looking like a really good connection. I mean, watching the games, Mitch would always go underneath, throw to Trey Burton, throw to Taylor Gabriel, throw to Tariq Cohen, and then they would have to make a play. But I mean, I. I think Mitch just needs to work on his decision-making, which every young quarterback kind of needs to work on, if I'm being honest. But those throws to Allen Robinson, I think this year he's going to make more deep throws, more tricky throws. I think he's going to get a lot better. And, I mean, we have our receivers getting better. Anthony Miller, I love that man, honestly. Favorite (laughs) receiver, not well-known, but that man from Memphis, he he can straight a ball. And then our O-line still above average. And I think that we're just going to keep getting better. That's fair. I, I'm i not as bullish on the Bears this year. Mostly just because you lost your defensive coordinator. Yeah, we did lose Vic Fan... Uh, Vic Fan... Vic Fangio, yeah. You Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic Fan- I'm sorry, I can't see. I, I'm very bad pronouncing. But... We did get the de- uh, defensive coordinator from the. Uh, we did. I know we did get another D, uh, DC that was that is above average, but it's not like we lost one of our key players. Well, I mean, we did lose Adrius Amos. We replaced him with Haha Clinton Dix. I don't know. I think that losing losing a DC isn't as bad as losing an offensive coordinator or a head or a general manager or something like that. I think if you're going to lose a piece of your coaching staff, the defensive corner is probably the best one to lose, my opinion. Maybe. I just, this is a team that was clearly rooted in defense, and you lose Vic Fangio, who, He's a I mean, guru. even before he went to the Bears, when he was with the 49ers, that 49ers defense was insane. I think people forget just how good they were because they, are, they, they sucked so quickly after they were good. <laughs> but, man, they had... <clears throat> Alden Smith, um, Navarro Bowman, they had some ballers on that defense, and they they were good. They went toe-to-toe with the Legion of Boom and, like, almost won. And so I love Vic Fangio. I think that's going to hurt. And then Bryce Callahan. You replaced Bryce Callahan 
with like 30 year old Buster Screen who couldn't cut it on the Browns and couldn't cut it on the Jets. Like, I'm just. I mean, okay, it's not every, a great move. every team, it, every defense stuff has, does have their weaknesses. I mean, Cowboys' D line isn't the best, their back end isn't the best. Hey, Antoine Woods is the best D lineman in the NFL. You take that back right now. Their D line's fine. All I'm saying is that, okay, every defense is going to have to get worse. But, I mean, you're also forgetting that our star middle linebacker and probably the best middle linebacker from that draft. I'll fight you on that The way. best middle linebacker in that draft, Roquan Smith, is going to get a lot better. So, we did lose some key, some key pieces, but it's not like we're going to stagnate. We're going to get better defensively with our young guys. All right, fair enough. Um, the first team that I want to talk about in terms of a team that I think is ready to really kind of take the step in their evolution is the Tennessee Titans. Um, not the not the most flashy pick. Uh, they're pretty boring as a team in general, I would say. But I really like what they've done. So they went 9-7 and seven last year, and I was very surprised. They had the third-ranked defense in the NFL. They, they were a pretty good defensive team. Yeah, number three. That's that's pretty good. And that's kind of with the blowouts that they had to the Colts each year. I think they allowed 38 <laughs> points the first game and like 33 the second. So even with those games, they were number three. That's, that's not bad. And I look at what they've done in the offseason. They've had terrible wide receivers for the longest time. They go out, they get Adam Humphrey to actually a pretty good deal considering he is a really rock-solid wide receiver. Four-year deal with $36 million, that's totally fine. Um, they went and they upgraded their offensive line, which was already pretty good. They got Roger Saffold from the Rams. And I really like... I know this isn't popular. I really like the trade they made for Ryan Tannehill. Okay, well... Continue. Oh. I was going to say, I really like the trade that they made for Ryan Tannehill because as much as people want to crown Marcus Mariota as like you know the savior of the franchise and he's gonna get it together he's never on the field it's like Blaine Gabbert starting at least half the season and they finally they I think they finally just decided that they weren't gonna put all their eggs in that basket and they went out and got a guy who's not great but he's okay and you bring him in the fold I think that's great you bring Cameron Wake make the defense even better Cameron Wake is like 38 years old, and he's still killing it. Um, and you put him on a defense with... God, what's his name? I'm blanking. Jarrell Casey. There you go. You put him on a defense with Jarrell Casey, uh, and you got Wesley Woodyard and Rashawn Evans, and you've got that secondary that's not the best, maybe, with Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson and Kevin Byard, but it's definitely good. And I think that you have you have the makings for a really solid team. And then the only question becomes Mariota. Well, I think the, your biggest question with the Titans is Mariota. And you did lose your offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur. I mean, like I said, losing an offensive coordinator is very big deal, especially for the, a quarterback that hasn't been the best quarterback yet. I mean... We do hear how some quarterbacks need to adjust the systems and how some quarterbacks just need to find the right place. I feel the Titans are just a mess right now. You have, what is it, Mario's going to have probably his third offensive coordinator in his, in his tenure with the Titans, and I just don't think this is the right time for them to start peaking. 
I mean, Corey Davis had a great second half of the season. But, I mean, the Titans can't beat the Texans. The Titans can't beat the, um, the Titans can't even beat the Colts. And I feel if you can't even beat those two teams in your same division, you're just going to have a hard time doing anything in the postseason. That's fair. And I think that the biggest assumption with this team is, um, is Marcus Mariota. But, I mean, you made it in your argument with the Bears. If you're going to make the assumption that Mitch Trubisky is going to progress, which... I well, mean, I'm not going to say you have no evidence for, but it's just it's just as reasonable to expect Marcus Mariota, who's proven in flashes that he can be a really good quarterback. Yeah, it's reasonable to expect that you know second year with this head coach, granted not the same offensive coordinator, but the second year with a head coach, a better offensive line, and a Derrick Henry that really surged at the end of last year. Yeah, I think that you could you could see this team winning. 10, 11 games. I mean, they won like nine games last year. So, you know, we're talking two-game improvement. And then, you know, I've always said, just get me in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So, Well, we'll see because the AFC South is going to get a lot better. You do have the Jaguars with Nick Foles. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Super Bowl Nick Foles. You have the Colts coming off a very streaky uh, 2018 postseason. And you have the Texans. I mean, AFC South could be one of the harder ones. And if I had to pick a team that's going to be at the bottom, I mean, I'm probably not saying it would be the Titans, but I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Nick Foles works. But they're definitely not going to beat out the Colts, and they may not even beat out the Texans. Maybe even lose to the Jags. Um, so if you can't even, if you go one and four in your division, I just I don't see you winning 11, 10 games. I don't know. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, what's your What's your next team that you have? Well, my next team is probably a really hot take. I feel like a team that's just right there for playoff aspirations is the Niners. <laughs> I mean, they probably <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. They, they probably will be in the toughest uh, division. I know I keep saying toughest division, but a lot of teams are getting better in the NFC at least. Um, you're gonna. I don't know. I think. I was, I was doing my research on the Niners, and they did have, they had what you would define the most average offense in the NFL. 16 in points, 16 in, like, they were just right in the middle of the pack with everything offensively. Defensively was another question. They were just bottom in turnovers, takeaways, just dead last in everything, except yards per game. Something you could work with. I mean, Niners were just very active in free agency. I mean... Signing Tevin Coleman, getting D Ford, and you saw the second pick in the draft, which you're trying to trade out of to get more picks. I mean, I think this team has a lot of upside, especially with who was uh what is it with um who's the quarterback? Garoppolo. With Garoppolo coming back, I mean, I I don't know he uh he showed flashes winning those uh, last four games, but I mean, I really think their offense is probably going to be top five, top ten. And I think their defense, adding probably a Nick Bosa if they save with a second pick, with a D Ford, with a D Forrest Buckner, with Quan Alexander, and an emerging star in Fred Warner, I think that defense is going to get better up front in the secondary. And I mean, you do have a Richard Sherman that is fading, but I'm pretty sure he could still cover, just not as press as he would like. I don't know, I just feel like this team's going to make a big 360, and you have stars in the O line like Mike. Uh, uh, Mike McGlinchey, the guy from Notre Dame, and I just wouldn't be surprised if they shock a lot of people. I mean, they are going against the Seahawks and the Rams, 
I think the Rams are going to take a big step back with the uh, tragic thing with tragic acts, not accident, the tragic diagnosis of star running back Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. That one hurts. That yeah. one really hurts me. I mean, I love Todd Gurley, and that's going to be sad. Todd Gurley was obviously the second best player on that team, life of the offense, and I think Rams take a seat back. Seahawks, we'll see what they do. You know, Russell Wilson, best quarterback in that division. So we'll just, I just think that they're, and by the way, Niners also have the best tight end in the NFL in George Kittle. So uh, Are you forgetting that Jason Witten came back? Are you forgetting that George Kittle is still amazing and led the NFL in rece- uh, tight end receiving yards? No, broke the, and broke the NFL record in tight end receiving yards. I don't know, I agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, well, who's your next team? Well, no, I have to discuss it first. I have to, I, I'm going to refute that. You're going to refute? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on the same page with you for a lot of this stuff. I got to shout out my boy Fred Warner. I loved him coming out of BYU in the draft, and I was right. I don't do a lot of college scouting, but I got him right, and I felt really good about it, so yay for Fred Warner. Their defense was ass. It was bad, man, and I don't see how you can bring in Quan Alexander and D Ford, and all of a sudden it's even middle of the pack i mean i mean in okay so we saw what khalil mack did to the bears i mean they went from a top 10 defense to the best defense so imagine bringing in d4 who had 13 sacks bringing in nick bosa that pass rush they're gonna have to get that ball out fast and with corners knowing the ball's gonna come out fast they're gonna jump routes they're gonna get turnovers and it's just gonna be completely revamped defense that's fair. I think they're going to be better, but even then, I look at this offense, and the the big assumption that you're making right now is that Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer. Jimmy Garoppolo is the man. And while I'm not opposed to it, that's a big assumption. Well, and I'm not sure if I'm willing to make that yet. I mean, you're all forgetting that he does have the best offensive guru in the NFL in Kyle Shanahan. And, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo... He's proven more than he hasn't proven. I mean, this is going all the way back to when he first got traded to the Niners with his four-game winning streak against the best defense in the league with with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he's shown more than he hasn't shown. Like, he has more proven than not proven. That's fair. And I, to be clear, I love Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is an absolute genius. And what he did with the Falcons will like always stand in my mind as like the best offensive season of a team that I've ever seen. And for the record, I even like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that he's a fine player. But even, okay, even if the defense gets better and even if Garoppolo comes back and is the guy that we think he's going to be, what, what are we thinking about these receivers? I mean, you've got Marquise Goodwin, who's... I think he we think he's good, but we're not 100% sure. I was going to say, you don't have Pierre Garçon this year. Your second receiver, who's your who's their second receiver right now? I think it's Dante Pettis, who was like a third-round pick for them last year, who's like five foot nine. I Like, what are you going to do? Like, who's he going to throw the ball to? Well, I mean, that's what the Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's going to find those mismatches. And remember, they did sign Tevin Coleman, not a revolutionary running back, but I mean, lining up to a linebacker, he's going to get open 99% of those times. I mean, I just I feel like this offense is going to be explosive. This offense is going to be tricky. And I frankly think that they're going to be a top 10 offense and a top 15 defense. 
I think that they could be good, but I definitely think they have a ways to go before they even think about making the playoffs. So not not as high on them as you, clearly. Uh, the next team that I want to talk about, however, is a team that's in their same division, and that is one, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I want you to be on the same page with me when I say this. We are in an offensive league. We are in a pass-happy league, right? I think we're in a more uh, defensive-centric, run-the-ball, ground-and-pound league. Absolutely. You know, just hand the ball to Waller Payton 50 times and we'll win the game. Yeah. But, no, like, in this league, and everyone that, like, praises Sean McVay and, like, everyone that knows him gets a job. In this league, I want to read these stats real quick. So just keep that in mind. The Seattle Seahawks this season, right, in this pass-happy league, the Seattle Seahawks ran the ball 534 times. Led the league in rushing? Yes, and passed the ball. 427 times. And they have a possible Hall of Fame quarterback on first their roster. First ballot. I don't know if he's first ballot, but he's definitely... He's a he's trending towards Hall of Fame. And it worked. They did it, and it worked. They were the number one rushing team in the league. Chris Carson, who was a seventh-round pick the year before, had over 1,100 yards. And their first-round pick running back, who was like... Injured all three in the year, and the coaches openly said, like, eh, he's not that good, he's not ready to play. Like, he wasn't even a part of their team. Like, he's going to come back a year later, he's going to get better. Like, this is going to be a crazy good rushing team. And their offensive line went from one of the worst in the league to pretty dang good. Every time I watched them play, I was impressed by how physical they were. And the second half. In the second half. Yeah, they did get off to a slow start, but... I mean, that's where you, that's when you want to get better. That's, that's very true. They were better. a hot team at the second half of the season. And honestly, looking at how this team played and how much they ran the ball and how much they got criticized for it, I think rightfully so. In that playoff game, it was embarrassing how much they were just running the ball into like eight-man, nine-man boxes. But if you come back this year and you give Russell Wilson just a little bit more leash... You let him throw the ball just a little bit more. But who's he going to throw the ball to, though? That's And that's that's <laughs> the thing that I'm thinking of when we're talking about one step for them to take. I think they need to take some steps in their uh, receiving core. Um, I love Doug Baldwin. He's incredibly fun, entertaining. Most underrated receiver. Yeah, honestly. Last year, he was injured almost all <clears throat> year. Only caught about uh, 600 yards worth of passes and only played about 13 games, I want to say. He just had surgery for a sports hernia. And he's coming back. He's questionable for like training camp, questionable for week one. He's not looking too good right now. I love um, David Moore, their rookie receiver. I thought he played really well down the stretch. And Tyler Lockett, whom I loved out of Kansas State, finally kind of started to show that he could be a real deep threat. But outside of those two, they don't have much. And so what I'm looking for in the draft right now is I'm looking for them to go get a big physical receiver. I'm looking for them to get the next Julio Jones. I'm looking at DK Metcalf, and I'm saying, let's do it. Let's put him with Russell Wilson and just see if it happens. The only problem with that is DK Metcalf probably going to go before they can pick him. I don't know. I actually, I should be honest, I don't love DK Metcalf. I don't think he's productive. I don't think his route running's good. But I would just love to see him with Tyler Lockett 
and Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin playing kind of a secondary role out of the slot. I think he could be, I think it would be fun just to have him run down the field every time and just make like the big corners and make the best players look at him. I, I think mean, that he would be a really fun addition. I think that he, you know, if they add a tight end, there's two really good tight ends in this draft. I think that yeah. if they add one of those guys, this offense could be really, really good. I mean, they were sixth in offense. They averaged 26 points a game, and they ran the ball more than any other team. I mean, a, lo- a large percentage of that was Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson-ness. Honestly. And if they can just – if Russell Wilson can do that – I think in a in a more sustainable sense, in a longer sense, throughout the course of a season, I don't see any reason that this offense isn't one of the best in the league. And then their defense was 11th. They averaged uh, 21 points a game. So you have the good defense mixed with this really, really good offense. I think that they could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I mean, the, entering the league, a lot of people would have them as... I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders. I mean, they're a hard first-round exit. No one will want to play them in the playoffs, but I don't see it. I mean, they did everything they said they were going to do in the uh, last year. They didn't want Russell Wilson running for his life, making plays, throwing downfield. Got rid of that. They ran the ball, were a run-heavy team, play action, opened up the field more for Wilson just to be a pocket passer, unlike a scrambler. And... It is hard. I mean, receivers in the draft, I mean, they're just receiving, finding good receivers in the draft is so hard. I mean, oh, yeah. there's so many first-round busts. I mean, what the... what the Laquan Treadwell, um, who's Corey Coleman. Like, I could keep going for days. We don't want to diss the so receivers. You know, I mean, a lot of them have been injured, such as... Um, Kevin White, rip Kevin White, man. Kevin White, oh, poor rip man. Kevin White. I was thinking more hey, he's of John. With the Cardinals now. He's with the Cardinals now. It's gonna be okay. So yeah, him and Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen. Oh my. I mean Kyle Murray. I mean who knows what's going on in Arizona nowadays. I don't know. I'm not. I think the Seahawks. I don't know. They're just one of those teams where, when you have the right quarterback, when you have that transcendent. I think. Okay. I think Russell Wilson's that transcendent quarterback. I think. You want him in your team, and he will win you football games. So when you have a transcendent quarterback like him, anything's possible. You can win any game. But who's he going to throw to? And I just, I don't know. Seahawks are interesting. Whenever you have, like, Seahawks are interesting. Packers are interesting. Colts interesting. When you have quarterbacks that can just change the game, it's hard to evaluate how good or how bad they're going to be. I mean, everyone thought the Packers were going to win the division. They lost because Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, kind of closing this out because you got the chance to rave on your team. I kind of now want to take the chance to rave on my team as a team that's really kind of one piece away from being a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they America's are such team. a talented team. They really are. Think about it. Think about the all-pros and the pro-bowlers on this team. And Dak you. Prescott, who's been a pro-bowler. Borderline. Got, he was a pro-bowler. One of I the mean, best rookie seasons of all time. You okay. cannot deny that. 
I, this is what I don't get about Cowboy fans. Whenever you're like, Dak Prescott's average, they always, oh, his rookie season, greatest rookie season. People, Joe Montana rookie season. All these, oh take away the rookie season. He had the best running back, I'm best just, line, Dez still being productive. Okay, I'm not saying that he's like Joe Montana. He's a good quarterback. Are we on the same page? No, good no. He's, and we're, okay, we're going to have to have a, this discussion about where he ranks with quarterbacks oh a different All time. Right, fine, whatever. In my opinion, he's, Exactly what you call an average quarterback. I'm going to list off these names. No. <sighs> Zeke Elliott, okay. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. Yeah, those are three offensive linemen. Well, Travis Frederick, when he comes back, hopefully. Yes, he's an all-pro when he comes back. He's, he's looking probable for training camp. That's so good. I'm very excited about that. Amari Cooper, who was a stud down the season with the, uh, mm-hmm. with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, defensively, Demarcus Lawrence. The best linebacker, the best rookie linebacker last year, Leighton Vanderish. Third best. Oh my gosh, I'm done with you. You've got Jalen Smith, who came out like gangbusters this year. Oh, I loved watching him play. Very Byron Jones, him. Xavier Woods, who played pretty well for us. And now you're going to add like Robert Quinn to that. This is a talented team. The biggest problem, and any Cowboys fan will tell you, the biggest problem with our team is Dak Prescott. <laughs> Absolutely not. The biggest problem with the Cowboys is Dak was the play Prescott. calling. Dak Prescott was the play calling. And as much as I was rooting to get rid of Jason Garrett and they didn't do that, they did the next best thing. They got rid of Scott Linehan, who I actually <laughs> didn't hate, but he definitely didn't use Dak Prescott to his strengths. And and what what are his strengths? Running the ball downfield. Yes. In Mississippi State, what did he do? He ran the West Coast offense. A spread offense. Yes, very spread. And... But spread doesn't work in the NFL. It's um, been proven. Spread doesn't work in the... You had Tariq Cohen on the field most of the year. You should know spread offense is good. It can work. It's not. It, it can work, work if you have an offensive guru who gets linebackers. That's what I'm getting at. I think <laughs> that they got the guy. You bring in Kellen Moore, who's been a Cowboys backup for a long time, and... Uh, ran the offense for that crazy Boise State team that like won 10, 11 games. And I think that you took the biggest issue, the one thing that's holding the Cowboys talent back, and you replaced it with someone else. Now, listen, I don't know how good Kellen Moore is. He wasn't a great backup. Um, he was the quarterback's coach this year, and I don't really know what he did. I mean, he could have been great, could have been terrible, I don't know. But they're taking a chance. There is a chance... That the young quarterback whisperer, that Dak Prescott loves, by the way. Dak Prescott raves about him. There's a chance that he is the guy to take this offense, which is just riddled with talent. There's a chance that he is the guy that takes that from kind of an average middle-of-the-road offense, which they were last year, and takes it to a really elite offense like we saw in 2016. And the only other issue that I look at this team with really is the defensive line. And you go pick someone up in the draft. You go pick someone up in free agency. They brought in a lot of guys that I really like. Kerry Hyder had a really good year two years ago. Didn't really play much last year because of a scheme change. But I think he'll be fine. Chris Covington uh, played quite a few games for the Texans. He's a big body. Just get him in there. I honestly think that the biggest thing that was holding this team back was at least attempted to be fixed. And if it works out, why, why can't this team be a Super Bowl contender? The reason this team can be a Super Bowl contender 
the reason why many teams can never be have Super Bowl aspirations is because of your quarterback, Colin. I mean, I'm not saying we have an amazing quarterback, but you can win against other, better quarterbacks. You can win against Russell Wilson. You can't beat Rodgers. You can't beat Brady. You can't beat Patrick Mahomes, Breeze. You have to be able to throw the ball downfield. All the Cowboys offense is going to be, it's going to be a lot of Zeke running it. And if you don't run Zeke, you're going to lose the games. I mean, look, maybe it was a play calling. Who knows? I mean, are you willing to pay Dak $20 million a year, $15 million a year? Yes. Is he, is, he, is he a transformational quarterback? I think he's a quarterback that could absolutely win a Super Bowl. I don't think he's a generational talent okay. like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. I'm not fooling myself. But why can't he? I mean, he was he was the number one quarterback in the NFL his rookie year in terms of... Like I said, take away his rookie like, year. Okay, my entire thing is... I Look, I'm not saying we have a good quarterback. I'm not even saying our quarterback's better than This is all I'm saying. Is that if you're down in the game and you have the last two, minute, two minutes left in the game down by four, you, can't get, you cannot get the field goal. Do you think, honestly think, that Dak Prescott, from his own 25-yard line, two minutes left... We'll say two timeouts left. Be generous. Can drive the ball all the way downfield. And trust me, they're going to be doubling Amari. Amari ain't going to get none of these slants that he got a lot. And he's not going to be able to get the slants and go to the house. Do you really think? Look, I'm, I, don't even say, I don't even think Mitch Trubisky can do this. The only reason he was really good was because of Matt Nagy. And I think Mitch is going to get better. But that's because he's going to have stability. He's going to have the same... Coach, he's gonna have the same offensive coordinator showing him. Cowboys are changing offensive coordinator, as you said. So, do you really believe that if he's at the twenty yard line, game on the line, needs the touchdown, two timeouts, two timeouts, that he's gonna be able to drive it to the touchdown? I think he has the capability to. I'm not saying that he will. I'm not saying that I think he will every time. But he definitely has, he's proven to have the capability to. And to your whole argument of saying like they can't win, do you remember? The NFC and AFC championship game from a couple years ago. Do you remember the quarterbacks that were playing in it? NFC, well, which year? Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles. Okay, okay, let's let's hold. Nick Foles was. I know. Probably Nick Foles was Hall of Fame level, right? So you can't say Nick Foles. Um, Blake Bortles had probably. Okay, you're not do not compare the Jaguars' defense to your defense. I'm not comparing them, but I will say you're saying you can't win. With a quarterback like that, you can't beat these elite guys. And I'm saying, absolutely you can. If the team around him is better, you absolutely can. Okay, and I'm but the saying Jaguars... the Cowboys are loaded with talent. They just haven't used it right. And I think that I mean, okay. if you make that coaching change, you have at least a chance to start utilizing that talent the way that it's supposed to. Yeah, okay, but look, Blake Bortles lost to the better quarterback, Tom Brady. Nick Foles, who did Nick Foles play again that year? What do you, when did he play them? What do you oh, the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. the Vikings. Case Keenum, yeah. Better quarterback one. All I'm saying is, look, Cowboys probably will never make the Super Bowl. Okay, they won't make the Super Bowl this year. Not going to make the Super Bowl next year. You're going to have to pay a lot of guys a lot of money. Yeah, we're going to have to pay a lot of guys a lot of money because we draft really well. Yes, that's good for you. But when money when time comes, money's going to be spent. And all I'm saying is, I just, I don't even know if you guys are going to win your division, to be honest. Look. Eagles got the running back. I don't know how good Carson Wentz is. If he's anywhere as good as he was when he was he, when he should have won the MVP, I mean, who knows? 
I don't know. I we're we're gonna have to talk about Dak Prescott later because I am, Dak Prescott's an entirely different. I am question. heart. I'm heartbroken. I love Dak Prescott. He's probably my favorite cowboy. All right, though we've we've talked enough about <laughs> teams that are one step away, and now yeah. we. I actually kind of enjoy this more in a sick, twisted way. We're gonna talk about teams. teams that should tear it down. Teams that we just they're done. And I'll go ahead and I'll get the ball rolling on this one. I think the Steelers should tear it down. I don't. I love. I love what's happened to the Steelers. They are. They're probably one of my least favorite teams yes. besides like every the, cowboy hates a Steeler. Yeah, they're disgusting to me, and they've just been so annoying over these past couple of years with Antonio Brown and Big Ben being just a diva and Le'Veon Bell making crappy rap music. Like, <laughs> I just, I was rooting for them to fail, and then they failed, and I've just been rejoicing in it. And now I'm looking at the Steelers, and I'm looking at what they've done in free agency, and who do you replace, you know, Antonio Brown with? Juju. That's who plays Antonio Brown with. Juju Smith-Schuster, a proven receiver who did it. No, listen... I like Juju Smith Schuster, and he was great last year. He was, I mean, I don't. Want he to was say. better he was the than best, AB. I don't want to say he was the best receiver for their team, but he was very good. But who do you replace Antonio Brown with? You replace him with Dante Moncrief, who. Okay. I mean, I liked him a little bit when he was with the Colts, but if he can't, if he doesn't look good with Andrew Luck, and has to get moved on, then it's probably not a great sign. Well, you're replacing... Okay, person replacing Antonio Brown is Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, okay. So well, the real who question... are you going to replace Juju with? Because Juju was huge last exactly. year. Exactly. So maybe you'll just replace him with another receiver in the draft. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe James Washington comes on. But, but that's... I just... That's, a, that's not great. That's not a great um, receiving core regardless of Juju... James Washington and Dante Moncrief, which is what it looks like right now. I don't know. I mean, what is it? It's kind of hard to evaluate most of these people when all the co- uh, targets are going to Juju and, and AB, and then you're running the ball with Le'Veon. Yeah. So now this year, you know, running the ball with James Conner, who was really good, pro bowler. Juju, pro bowl. I mean, this is literally how it was in 2015 when it was AB, Le'Veon, and Big Ben. Now you just have... Uh, Big Ben, Juju, and... Neither of them are as good. James Conner is nowhere Conner. near as good as Le'Veon Bell, and Juju's yes. nowhere near as good as Antonio Brown. Yes, they're good players, but they're not the same. And then... They're the step behind them. Yeah. They're not transcendent, it's pretty big but step. they can be transcendent. It's a pretty big step. All right. But then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and eh, they've had decent pass rushers, but... Led the league, or tied the league with uh, sacks. Yeah, but... I, their linebacking core really struggled last year, and you're bringing in Mark Barron, who was cut by the Rams because they just didn't want him anymore. You're bringing in Steve Nelson, who was the number one corner on what I believe is the worst, or what was the worst secondary in the NFL last year in the Chiefs. <laughs> I just, I don't like those moves. I think that the defense is going to be average. I think that the offense is going to take a pretty big step back big ben is another year older and every year it seems like there's at least a couple games when you're watching ben roethlisberger that you're like oh my gosh how is this man still playing football because he threw for your back-to-back 500 yard i games. know listen i know he led the league in passing last year 
And I like I give him credit. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback or that he's gonna drop off. But how many more years of Ben do you have left? Like what? I mean, okay. two, three. He's threatened retirement for like the past three years. <laughs> yes, but you're trying to tear it down. You have core. You have good players on the team. You have Juju. You have James Conner. You have T.J. Watt. I mean, to tear it down. Okay, I'm not saying tear it down completely. I'm not saying you trade Juju or you trade James Conner. But what I'm saying is, I definitely think that you you retool, that you change directions, that you start to shed some of these players. I mean, right now I'm looking like at their defense. You know, they have um, who's his name? The cornerback from the Browns that got signed. I am I'm so upset that I can't think of his name. Um, you're not gonna get it from me. It's uh, I want to say it's DJ Hayden. No, it's not. You know the guy I'm talking about, right? From the Browns? Yeah, that was like the Pro Bowler with them. Joe Hayden. Oh, Joe Hayden. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, you've got Joe Hayden, who has definitely taken a step back um, yes. since coming to Pittsburgh. You've got some aging pieces on your offensive line. I think Ramon Foster is like 35 <laughs> years old. I think that you well, have I'm a lot of players that it's time maybe that you start, you start changing them out. You start retooling the direction you were going to go with this team because yeah. they're i if they didn't make the playoffs last year with antonio brown i don't think that they're going to make the playoffs this year and so i think that it's just time that you reevaluate you start preparing the team for life without ben i think maybe while you have ben you try to stay competitive but everything else that you're doing in the team is tearing it down and getting ready for the next guy that you want to bring in whether that's through the draft this year whether it's the trade whether it's josh rosen whether it's yeah whether it's josh rosen maybe but I don't think, I don't think trying to get this team to compete as a Super Bowl competitor, but with Big Ben where he is, is a smart move. I think that your your best move if you're the Steelers is to tear it down. Now, secretly, as a Cowboys fan, I would love it if they just went all out and like tried to win a Super Bowl, and screwed themselves over for like the next five years as a result. But I, mean, I definitely think the smart decision would be to tear it down. I don't know. They're not going to do something that bold. I think they know what they're missing. And I think they know. I don't know if they're trying. They're hoping for Super Bowl aspirations. But they're still a team that can make some noise. Everyone's overlooking them because of what the Browns did. But what is it? The Steelers have had everyone's number in the in the uh, in that division for the longest time. And that type of mental fortitude doesn't go away by adding Odell Beckham Jr. So... Will they make the playoffs? Maybe. Well, if they don't make it, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it's time for them to tear it down, per se. They still have a good coach, good owner, good coaching staff, good front office. There's nothing. You have every. You have the fund. You have the core structure good. You have core pieces good. So all you have to do is just tweak a little things, and then you're right back at Super Bowl aspirations. Maybe. What's the. Uh... What's the first team that you think uh, should start in the process of tearing it down? Well, I think a team that should just tear everything down is the Buccaneers. I mean, I don't see anything good with the Bucs. Unlike the Steelers, they have pieces. They have potential. The Buccaneers are just, they're a mess. How many times have they changed coaches? Does anyone know if Jameis Winston's even good? I mean, did they... Did they let their best quarterback leave in free agency? <laughs> I mean, magic. they're gonna miss the Fitz magic. Who knows? Their best player is Mike Evans. That's not a knock on Mike Evans. Mike Evans is an amazing, ridiculously good receiver. But it's Jameis Winston good. 
is Bruce Arians really the coach you want for the future? I mean, you left, well, your best linebacker left in free agency. There's just, I don't think there's anything left for that team. I don't think they should be competitive. I don't think they're going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to do anything good. I mean, best thing for them to do is figure out who's going to stay and who they want for their future because I, I don't think they even know if they want Jameis Winston for their future, to be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you a little bit on this. I'm in, I'm in agreement with you in terms of I don't think they're a great team. I think that their defense is rough. It's been rough, um, but their offense, regardless of famous Jameis and his turnovers, has been pretty good. I mean, they were 12th in the league this year. Yeah, but and I'm pretty like, sure most of those stats were from Brian Fitzpatrick throwing, what, 400 yards in, like, the first three games. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that I think that they're ready to make a playoff push. Or that I even think that Jameis Winston is a good quarterback. But I think that the way this team is built, the way... Uh, the point that they're at in their franchise, I don't think that the right decision is to tear it down. You bring in... Bruce Arians, you bring in, um, you know, these offensive linemen, you bring in these defensive players to try to just make your defense average. And you give Jameis Winston, who was a great prospect coming out of college. A lot of people are great prospects at bust. I know, but he was a great prospect and has shown flashes. Has not been good or consistent, but has shown at least flashes that he can throw a ball well. And you say, all right. We've got one, maybe two years with him if they pick up his fifth-year option. We're going to bring in the offensive guru in Bruce Arians. We're going to do our best to kind of revamp the team, change up what we're doing, and we give one last ride. And maybe he shows something, maybe he doesn't. But I don't think now is not the time to tear it down. You're already low. You're already in a bad place where it is. Exactly. Just, so why are you going to delay you guys getting better for two years when he can just start now i mean what's your ceiling there's no real ceiling for this team. you're stealing what six games eight games you're not gonna make the playoffs i think they could i think they could be frisky i think maybe not this year they're gonna make the playoffs but i think that they could do enough this year and they could add enough next year that they could absolutely make the playoffs well no that's that's hoping that james winston is gonna be your quarterback for the future i mean I'm telling you, people don't even know if he's the quarterback they want. And if you don't, if he's not the quarterback going forward, you're in a total rebuild now. And if you just put more players, give away draft picks to get better players, I mean, you're just filling holes that don't need to be filled and making reckless moves that don't need to be made. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not saying that you go out and do anything big but i'm not i'm not on the same page i don't think that they should tear down i would be down for one more ride one more ride okay. on the james coaster just I give mean, me one more one more ride's gonna be a six and ten season where they're gonna get the 10th pick and they're just gonna be like it's not good enough to get a top quarterback what do we do i mean they're more of a re team that should be rebuilding than the steelers in my opinion all right so who do you have next honestly the next team that i want to talk about is the denver broncos I really, from the moment they won the Super Bowl, I was looking at this team thinking, should they tear it down? And after watching the last two seasons, I am 
firmly saying that they should ch- that they should tear it down. Unfortunately, they're not going to because John Elway is on the hot seat <laughs> and play and coaches on the hot seat or uh, GMs on the hot seat don't typically decide. Oh wow, time to tear down everything that I built because it's not working. <laughs> time to suck. You know, that's when you go out and you go trade for a Joe Flacco and say, "See, I can I can get the right quarterback. See, I can make the offense functional." <laughs> but it's gonna be rough I, now. I'm actually probably not in the camp of most people when I say this. I actually think Joe Flacco wasn't terrible last year. He's a decent quarterback. I think he had a pretty good half. I think he was a middle-of-the-road to kind of maybe slightly above-average quarterback during the beginning of the year. Uh, He got injured and looked like the Joe Flacco we've seen over the past two years. And then, of course, we saw Lamar Jackson come in. But I I think he still has a little bit left in the tank. But you're going to a team that has not had a good offensive line in three years. And I know they went out and they signed that right tackle from the Dolphins, Jawan James, to a huge contract. I don't think that that's enough to fix it. I really don't. Garrett Bowles had a rough season last year. Ronald Leary was injured most of the year, and it's looking like he's going to get cut in training camp. I just, I don't see that situation going well. And then you look at the receivers. Demarius Thomas is gone. Not that that mattered too much. He I mean, you have Corlin Sutton, an upcoming receiver. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. What is it? Defensively, they lost one of their best corners. They have Bradley Chubb, Juan Miller. Maybe they should have gone quarterback instead of Bradley Chubb. That was more of a win-now move, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, the Broncos are just one of those teams where... They want to win now, but they just they don't have the right quarterback to win now, honestly. They're like the Cowboys, but it was just the worst team. Yeah, I think that they're in a really interesting spot in terms of... I could see this team, maybe if everything breaks right, winning 10 games. Like, they're not untalented. Bradley Chubb was really good. Von Miller is just insane. And I love Emmanuel Sanders. Manny Sanders will forever just catch like 60 balls for 800 yards. Like he could probably do that until he's like 50 years old. <laughs> but like what's the what's the ceiling for this team? Yeah. You like a first round bounce in the playoffs? I mean, you do have the Chargers in your division and the Chiefs. That's already two playoff teams that are trying to well, I don't even know, the Chargers could take a step back, but you know, you have the Chiefs Super Bowl aspirations. And you've got John Gruden and the Raiders. Who oh, you have the are, you have the best team out there right now. Exactly. I mean, They're gonna just flip the switch and make us all look like fools here yeah. this next season. So. John Gruden has been secretly laughing at us while we've been calling him like the worst coach in NFL history. He's you know what the perfect analogy of John Gruden is right mm-hmm. now? Everyone in the NFL is playing checkers. We're all just playing our little game of checkers and he's just a chess master right now. He's just Exactly. I mean, think about it. you went from who did you guys get again? The the offensive coordinator? No, the receiver. Amari Cooper. You went from Amari Cooper, a an, a good receiver, to Antonio Brown. I mean, that's just an upgrade right there. I mean, this guy is just exactly. He went out there. You signed the largest left tackle contract in history to a guy that played on the Patriots and just won a Super Bowl. Okay. This guy is a winner, and he's gonna bring that culture over. I am, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. You know, truthfully, why are we even doing this podcast when we know they're gonna win the Super Bowl? It's almost. Like I mean, fair. Raiders are probably gonna win the Super Bowl for the next ten years. We're being honest. as long as he's the head coach exactly. from now on. He's just 
he's going to somehow score 100 points a game and give up zero rushing yards, passing yards, 10. I don't even know. All right, well. I know. They should have signed him to a longer contract if you yeah. ask me. Okay, but talking about the Broncos. Most underpaid, uh, most underpaid head coach, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's a shame. But I really, as much as I think the Broncos could be interesting, because I truthfully liked them at the beginning of last year. I thought they played frisky. They won some games, but I just, I don't know. I think that their ceiling is low enough, and they're at the point with an old roster that they just need to they just need to restart. They need to reboot, and if that means getting rid of John Elway, you gotta get rid of John Elway. But I definitely think that you gotta just kind of change up what you're doing and really kind of rebuild. Yeah, they're a solid eight and eight team, nine and. Six team, seven and nine team. I mean, just middle of the pack. Unless, you know, Joe Flacco turns it back, or even if he does. I don't... We'll see what happens. Yeah, fair enough. What's the last team you got? Well, I have a team that everyone's been um, criticizing for, like, the longest time. Uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Laughing sock of the uh, AFC North. And, I mean... I don't see any... Well, I mean, I can't say I don't see anything good. They had a great start to the season, but... (sighs) Andy Dalton. I loved him when I first started watching football. I thought that everyone was making unfair uh, opinions about him and A.J. Green, comparing them to Julio and Matt Ryan. I was like, (laughs) Andy Dalton ain't bad, you know. A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, that's... That's a good connection. And, I mean, he was when I started watching football. You know, 2015, 2014 seasons, pro bowler. Oh, yeah. And then the line got worse. He got older. A.J. Green got injured. No run game. Defense turned to back burner. I mean, <sighs> Bengals right now, they're just... They're at the point where they're going to try to make the playoff push. They haven't won a playoff game and. Since January 6, 1991. <laughs> wow. They're just... They've had some bad draft picks. Still hoping John Ross gets better and just turns it on. I just... I just don't see it with them. I mean, they have to rebuild their own line, D-line. Linebackers aren't the best. Corners aren't the best. They just... I don't know. They just have to probably figure out the quarterback situation. And just have a culture change, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's I think they're starting that this year by getting rid of their head coach Marvin uh, Marvin Harrison. Oh, no, was it Marvin? Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis. You almost said Marvin Bagley, didn't you? No, I was like Marvin <laughs> Lewis. Yeah, by getting rid of Marvin Lewis, I mean, you just have to have a big culture change. Just three sixty that thing right there, because when you have so much losing, sometimes players forget how to win. Yeah. When oh. your like biggest offseason signing is the offensive lineman from the Giants that was terrible, it might be time to uh, it might yeah. be time to tear it down. Um, yeah, I just the fall from grace for this team. Not that they were great over like the past three seasons, but I remember the one thing was like, oh well, Cincinnati's always had at least a good defense. There was a stretch in the middle of the year. I think they gave up like five hundred yards <laughs> three weeks in a row. Like yeah. I love Geno Adkins. Move him on. It's time to send him to a team where he'll actually like be shine. productive. I like Carl Lawson. He's a fine young player. Uh, Will Jackson is one of the better man corners in the league. I like watching him play. There's not a lot of yeah. There's not a lot of young talent on this team. They've just had so many busts in their drafts. Yeah, and I just I look at this team and I'm like, okay, 
you've got Joe Mixon, you've got maybe like a couple good players on defense. I think as much as I'm, I don't hate Andy Dalton. I think that he's an okay quarterback, and I think in a good situation he could be fine. With a top five O line, I think he could be a Pro Bowler. But I just a lot of quarterbacks could be that. Yeah, and so I think it's time maybe you just said, hey, you know, we know what we are with this team, and you know, let's just let's ro- let's reset, let's roll the dice, let's try to change that a little bit because. I don't think that um, this team, it's worth keeping it together, you know? I'm all for if you could, you know, compete for the playoffs or make things interesting, but I just don't think with this core that you're going to be able to get there. And I think the best bet, yeah, is to just kind of reset, get some picks for some of the older veterans you have. As much as I love A.J. Green, maybe it's time to to send him out to pasture. I think that would, I think a lot of people would like that. A.J. going to a contender, you know, being the AJ he was once, yeah, and you two years get, ago, you could probably get what like a <sighs> like a third and a fifth for him. I mean, it's just so sad to see what I know. I think he's a solid second. I mean, AB was a drama queen diva. AJ Green's all business. Maybe, but he's also been injured. I don't know, but I think you could get something from him. I think I don't know if you could move on from Geno Atkins or if you'd have to cut him. But I definitely, yeah, I think we're on the same page in terms of. The Bengals have just got to... Yeah. They got to reset, so... I mean, they're probably going to lose their... Be bottom in their division again. I just... I don't see them beating the Browns, Steelers. Steelers have just always had the Bengals number, and yeah. even the Ravens, honestly. Yeah, the Ravens made the playoffs last year. They won the division, so... Cannot count the Ravens out. Yep. All right. Well, that was a lot of NFL talk. Um, I'm really excited. I think we covered a lot of good ground, and... Yeah, I look forward to kind of continuing on and seeing uh where we go with the podcast next time yeah hopefully next time we'll start talking about um playoff matchups in the uh, nba season um nba playoffs and we'll just see what happens from here on out honestly yeah this was a lot of fun glad we could uh, glad we could get started on it and thank you for listening whoever you might be <laughs> feel free to like share comment you know do the whole shebang and uh yeah that's it we'll see you next time see ya my hold they come in doubles they know that i'm finna pop like bubble finna hit them all base no trouble i drive it too fast might get in trouble